0: Here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
1: When it comes to studying the Bible, we often say, you know, because the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And there are some things in the Bible that seems to clash, but it's only because somebody's not lining up right. So if you line it up right, it just perfectly dovetails. And so when it clashes, it's not God that's wrong, it's us. We haven't put things in the rightful place. One of the things that really affects teaching of the Bible is this thing called dispensations. I'll often have people who will email me and says, are you a dispensationalist? And I write back and I let them know. I says, well, I have a chart that I designed off of another chart that I had in 1969, and I says, and it is laid out dispensationally. So, do I believe in dispensations? Yes, and I don't believe you will understand the Bible as well unless you do understand dispensation. In other words, there's um, it's a period of time in which God deals with individuals concerning a certain responsibility, a stewardship, what God wants. And so God's the one who planned and laid out the ages. And so, um, yes, I do believe in dispensations. And the book of Ephesians in chapter 3 talks about this, and also in the book of Colossians talks about it. So do I believe it? I have to believe it. It's in the Bible. So because of that stewardship, there was one that was given to the nation of Israel. And there is a stewardship that's given to the church age, in which we are. This is where we are right here. This is the church age. It's known as the body age, the grace age. It's that period of time in which we live. And so there's things God has told us to do that He didn't tell somebody else. And there's things that He told them to do under the law that He didn't tell them to do what we're doing. So there's a a difference. One of the biggest differences is the difference between the kingdom of God and this... um, gospel of the kingdom. So there's the gospel of the kingdom, and there's the kingdom of God. And there's those who preach the gospel of the kingdom. So the gospel of the kingdom is not the gospel that we actually preach today. Now we preach the gospel of the grace of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and all that, because the gospel is good news, and you can have all kinds of good news. And so we're going to take a look at that today. So, very quickly, just look in your Bible to the book of John in chapter 3. The Gospel of John and chapter 3. And you will notice that um, there was a ruler, a man named Nicodemus, who came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus says, I am impressed. No, he didn't say that. He says in verse 3, And Jesus answered, said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, this is talking about the kingdom of God. So, what's the difference? The kingdom of God is that spiritual kingdom. It's the new birth kingdom. Uh, From the beginning, Adam and Eve, all the way down, you must be born again to be into the kingdom of God. So he says here in verse 3, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he also says that uh, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God unless you have been born again. So the kingdom of God is that kingdom where you're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, according to Colossians in chapter 1. So if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you're not in His kingdom of God. Now you're in the world, There's no doubt about that. You are here. But there's a difference between that and, I believe, the gospel of the kingdom. Now, remember, God took a nation of Israel, made a promise to Abraham. That's why we call this the the promise here. And the promise and the law were added together because um, of a reason. The law did not annul the promise It was to get people to look to the fulfillment of the law, which was Jesus Christ, because he was the one that was promised that there is going to be an individual that's going to be born. But remember when the wise guys, I mean the wise men came, they said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? He was born king. Now, if you're going to to be a king, you ought to have a, a kingdom. Well, Jesus was born, but it was prophesied in the Old Testament that before Jesus began his ministry, that somebody else was going to show up. So take your Bible and turn to the book of Isaiah in chapter 40. Isaiah in chapter 40. And you'll notice way back here in the Old Testament, there's a a few statements that God makes here. And it's a reference toward the king coming to Israel. God had promised Israel a king. And we're interested in what happens over there in Israel even to this day, and that Israel is uh, once again a nation, but uh, Israel is back in unbelief, and that God has made promises to the nation of Israel. God is not through with Israel, but here in Isaiah, in chapter 40, look there in verse 3, "...the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God." Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough way plain. places plain. In other words, the king is coming. Get ready. If you believe he's coming, act like it. But he's talking about coming and to set up a kingdom upon the earth. At that time, Israel was under the iron heel of Rome. And the king is going to come. So they're looking for somebody to deliver them from that Roman Empire. But the prophecy was made in advance. And that God was going to send somebody to warn the people in advance, prepare, and make his way straight. Now this is a reference to John the Baptist, who was not going to show up for almost 700 years. So this is a way in advance. And look what he says in verse 5. Look in the first part of verse 5 and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Now you got John the Baptist coming on the scene. He's going to preach about the Messiah that's coming right after him. The king is ready to arrive here. And the glory of the Lord, that one that's perfect, that my righteous servant, Isaiah 53, is going to show up. And he makes this statement. And you'll read these verses also in the New Testament. But look what he says here in verse 6. The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, and the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth. Now just take for a moment. He's talking about the grass is people, and the grass is going to wither. Everyone born into this world has an old sinful nature. Because we sin, we die. So we know that we're going to get sick. We know that sooner or later, regardless of how much we pray and we do, we're going to be leaving this old world. And we're going to be, as the Bible says, fade away. And that our life is like as a vapor. It's appears for a while and then it's gone. So he's left us here for a little while longer. But the time is going to come. But he says, the word of the Lord endureth forever. And then when you read that in the book of 1 Peter, where it talks about, Ye are being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever, which the gospel is what we preach that accomplishes that. How can you get people that are going to die to have eternal life and live forever? Well, that's what John the Baptist was going to preach about. This cause, this one that's coming on the scene is going to accomplish all of this. So you see there in verse 9, O Zion, that bringeth... See, those two words, good tidings, that's good news. That's gospel. He's going to be bringing some good news. Get thee up into the high mountains, O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings. Now, look at the next part of that verse. See, the last three words of that verse, John the Baptist comes on the scene and says, Behold your God. Jesus Christ was God, God in the flesh. And it tells us that he was going to come. And He tells us what He's going to do. Because His words, when you believe His words, He gives you life to live forever. So that's a promise that God had made. Now the next thing I want you to do is take your Bible turn to the book of Malachi. 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 It's the last book in the Old Testament. Last book in the Old Testament. And look in chapter 3. And you'll see there it says in verse 1. This is almost 400 years before Christ. So we've moved up a little bit. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom ye seek, shall suddenly come to his what? His temple. John the Baptist is going to come on the scene, the forerunner. And he's going to tell everybody the king is coming. And uh, the Bible says the king will suddenly come to his temple. Well, that's... 400 years of silence, and then all of a sudden, Jesus Christ comes on the scene. But John the Baptist had a message, and his message was not exactly the same as what we preach today, but his gospel was. The gospel stays the same in every dispensation, but there was a message about the kingdom because the king is at hand. So take your Bible and turn to the book of Matthew in chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. And you'll notice that when finally he comes right on schedule at the right time. If he came at the right time, the Messiah comes at the right time. And you'll notice now, 400 years has passed, lo and behold, here we are. You see, understanding this is so good because it helps you to realize God knows what he's doing. And what he says is going to happen is going to happen. And it's going to happen the way God says it's going to happen. And if he came the first time, just like he promised he would, then he says he's going to come back again. We ought to believe that too. So you look there in verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right, look up here. Kingdom of heaven is this period of time right here. It's a thousand years Davidic millennial reign. This is when David is going to be here and he's going to rule and reign. And then the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be here that same period of time. It's a thousand years long. That's the kingdom that was promised. So when Jesus comes, he is the king. But if they reject the king, the kingdom doesn't happen in their lifetime. It's moved out and he'll do it later. In other words, like you didn't want it now. Okay, I'll do it later. But God has a plan. And so he makes this statement here that he's also referring back to the book of Isaiah. See there in verse 3? For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. So, yes, as a nation, John the Baptist told the people, get their act together. There's things that they need to stop doing. To start doing. To live a holy life. You see, God judges a nation as a nation when the nation could be making some righteous decisions and blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. But when a nation becomes wicked, then God can destroy the nation. And that's what happened to Israel. That's why they were cast out of the land. That's why Rome was there. Because Israel had disobeyed the Lord. And because they rejected their Messiah, the people said, let his blood be upon us and our children And they got their wish. It has been for 2,000 years. Now, I want you to look at the next verse that I have down here. I need to have you look there at that verse 2, Matthew chapter 3, where it says, And saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. means it's near, but it's not here. It's near, but not here. The king is here, but the kingdom is not yet. He's not setting up his kingdom until they, as a nation, accept him as their king. And that's what they were supposed to do. Because he prophesied how he was coming, when he was going to come, how he's going to live, all that stuff. And they rejected him. So the Bible says that this is what has to be done. Now, in the scriptures that I put about three or four of them up there, you see there at uh, Mark chapter 1 and verse 15, it's saying, the time is fulfilled, right there in your notes, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. And there is a message that God wants people to believe the gospel to get into the spiritual realm of the kingdom of God. But he came to set up his kingdom upon the earth. So this is a God of heaven coming into the world as the king to set up a kingdom. And so this is called the kingdom of heaven. So you'll read that a lot of times in the book of Matthew. Now the synoptic gospels, which we call the synoptic gospel, it means that the Noptic, you got the word optic, that's eye, what you see. And so the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, is there are so many similar things. And the word sin is talking about, here you are, it's the same, but Gospel of John is totally different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so whenever somebody wants to hear a good, clear Gospel presentation, when you say, read the Gospel of John. I never say read the book of Matthew. Unless they want to take and try to get into the kingdom. And that's going to be a totally different message altogether. But when it comes to salvation, salvation is always by grace, through faith, and that alone, and uh, what Christ has done on the cross for us. So look at the next scripture that you have there. In Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. So he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Why? Because it's the good news of the kingdom. They've been waiting for all these years. David lived a thousand years before Christ. And he talked about the king is coming. And the Lord told him that he's going to have a son that's going to set up on the throne and live forever. Remember, even when the angel was talking to Mary in the book of Luke, and says that holy thing shall be the son of the highest And of the increase of his kingdom, there'll be no end. It means this child is a child that can live forever. And that was promised to David back in the Old Testament. So if you understand, there's things that God says about the kingdom upon the earth to the nation of Israel. But if you try to go back in the book of Matthew and Mark and Luke and take those scriptures that are supposed to be to the gospel of the kingdom and try to put it into the church age, you're going to have conflict. And this is why there's so many people that are adding works to the gospel because there's things that God says for the kingdom, make thy way straight, every mountain and hill shall be made low and straightway and all that kind. That's the kingdom. That's preparation for the king. He wants to rule and reign. And when he comes, he is going to do just that. And he says when he comes back in Revelation chapter 19, he will come back and rule with a rod of iron. But that's going to be at that time. Look at the next scripture. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. I didn't put that one in here for a reason. Because I want you to take your Bible and look in Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. And you'll see there in verse 17. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Is near, it's just not here, because it depended upon whether or not will they or will they not accept Jesus Christ as their King. So the first thing Jesus does is start calling his cabinet. Then he's got some men, and he promised them later on that they're gonna rule over the twelve tribes of Israel. You get into Matthew chapter five, and he's laying out his constitution of how he's gonna rule upon this kingdom. He says, In the Old Testament, it is written in the law that if a man commit adultery, that's bad. But I say unto you, if a man just think it, it's bad. You see, it's going to be worse because here Jesus living here, ruling here, and will he know what you think? And that's going to be dealt with. So the only way you can solve some of these problems is by the new birth. When you trust Christ as your Savior. But anyway, we'll get into some more of that later. But now, also notice there in verse 23, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the, you ought to underline that, gospel of the kingdom. That is not what we preach today. You see, you and I, we're here. We're not trying to bring in the good news of the kingdom. We're not trying to set up a kingdom here upon the earth. Now, there's people and denominations that are trying to do just that. They believe we're just going to get it so good down here that if God wants to have any part in it, he better hurry up and get back. That is not the case. God says it's going to get worse and worse and worse, so we're not going to bring in some divine kingdom. The king was here, and he couldn't do it. We're not going to. But we have a responsibility in a different dispensation, a period of time that God has for us, and that's what we're supposed to do. So now, in your notes there, you'll notice in Matthew four twenty three, And Jesus went about all Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people. That is not what we do. I wished I had some power that I could go around and make people well. I'd start with my wife. You know anybody that could use some of that? But that was during that period of time. And the Bible says that he gave his disciples power to cast out demons and to be able to do all kinds of miracles and things like that to validate the word that he gave until the word of God was complete. You don't walk around with that power today. You don't have it. I mean, if you did, just go into the hospitals and get everybody out of bed. It ain't going to work and you're going to look mighty foolish. Walk in there and say, rise. I said, rise. Get up, I said. It ain't gonna happen. So just forget about it. You see, there's periods of time in how God worked when He was here to prove He was the Messiah. Because it's prophesied in the Old Testament that He'd make the lame to walk and the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak, and He did all of that and raised the dead. He had the power, He had the right, He had the authority. He was to be the king, He was God manifested in the flesh. Now, another scripture I want you to look at is Matthew chapter 10. Look in Matthew and chapter 10. So that you'll see and understand that there has to be a difference in the periods of time. Because, see, people have a tendency to want to go to some scriptures in another period of time and try to bring those in and say, this is what you got to do to go to heaven. No, you don't. Salvation is by grace and grace alone. Now, when you're talking about God dealing with a nation On national issues is one thing. An individual is another. Because any individual can trust Christ as Savior. Even though the nation rejected Christ as Savior, it didn't stop God from saving individual Jewish people. Remember, all the apostles were Jewish. And they preached the gospel. But they were not going into all the world and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. That was a totally different message. But now notice what he says here in Matthew, chapter 10 and verse One, when He had called unto Him His twelve disciples, He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sicknesses and diseases. And then you drop down there to verse 5. The names of them, you can read that later. In verse 5, these twelve Jesus sent forth, commanded them, saying, Go not unto the way of the Gentiles. Let them all go to hell. What did He say? Do not go to the Gentiles. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm a Gentile. You, most of you are a Gentiles. But he says, Don't go to the Gentiles. Where is he? He's in Israel, the nation of Israel. Jesus never left Israel. He told him, says, Go only to the city in Israel. Look what else he says there in verse six. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of what? So something has to change, right? Because that's not what we preach today. But he told them, don't go to nobody except in Israel. And he gave them power to do certain things. He's still establishing who he is, the power that he has. And he gave it to them and told them to go into all these cities and what they could do. And so they would preach the gospel of the kingdom. Now, that's what he did, and it's all important. But understand there is a difference between the message at this time and the message that's given a little bit later. Look in um, Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 verse 21. Now listen to me. I believe when you go to church, you ought to come to church to learn the Bible. Don't you agree? You ought to come to learn the Bible. Now, a lot of churches don't even use the Bible anymore. We believe that you ought to learn the Bible. And it has more power than any of the stories and illustrations that a preacher will ever use. This can stick to you. This is like meat and potato stuff. These are things that can help you to understand, to rightly divide the Word of God. So when you go back and on your own, you can read and say, Now, this is talking about that, and this is talking about that. It'll help you tremendously. But if you don't get that, it just looks like you're going to get totally wiped out. Remember this, the reason you have bone structure in your body, if you didn't have the bones, you'd be just one big old blob of flesh laying on the floor. You know, without bones, you wouldn't even be able to, you couldn't talk, you couldn't walk. You wouldn't move your arms. You need those bones. Otherwise, it's just flesh. Wouldn't that be a terrible way to live? Bones is Bible doctrine. It's a basic teaching from which when you go back and study the, Nah, this here, that goes there, and you can throw it on that bone. This this goes here, and then this goes there. You know where to put and divide the Word of God, and it'll help you. Because without it, you can't walk and you can't talk as a believer. Because it's just a big old jumbled mess of pottage. But you learn the Word of God, and you learn and study doctrine. This is why they said, this man has strange doctrine. No man spake like this man. Because Jesus was authority. And did he know the Word He was the Word. He gave the Old Testament. I bet he could quote it all. Bet you, bet you, bet you. So here, chapter 15. And let me see, what's that verse there in chapter 15? Verse 21. Verse 21, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with this devil. Now, here's a woman that <laughs> they consider Gentiles dogs. When you read a 22nd Psalm, you'll say, and dogs have compassed me round about. Talking about those Romans. But anyway, he answered her not a word. Here she, she, I got a problem. And Jesus didn't answer her a word. Now, that's not right. I mean, God didn't have time for this. Poor old woman has got a problem. You see, you can read all kinds of things in it. But there's a reason why he did what he did. You see in verse 24, but he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus said that. I'm sorry. But she didn't give up. She says there, then came she in and worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. He answered and says, it is not meet or fit to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And he says, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. See, individually, God could still do things. But as a nation, he was going to be limiting himself. There's going to become a change. Because something has to happen. And it does.
0: Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge.
1: And every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.